Jersey's horny, so let's get to it. You're on the barf episode of Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass Reverend Gaming Podcast brought to you by Affable oh. Idiots. This is Chad Michael Linus. We've got Adam Gumbert, Alex Cozina, and Brian, mainly Brian. Last name I forgot. <laughs> 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 Brian, how are you? We'll start with you. Doing good. Just got back from my cottage in the townships. <laughs> That's exactly what it sounds like, too, when you visit a cottage. All the leaves sound like that. The flowers. Chicken the chaser. Maids. Chicken chaser. Like. What is that? What is that from? Is that from Fable? Fable? Yeah. 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 Uh, that voice you heard say chicken chaser is Adam Pop-Tart Gumbert. How are you, Adam? Put your innocent men. <laughs> We've got here the horniest man alive, Alex Cousina. <laughs> oh, I'm horny tonight. And I actually got back from my cottage in the eastern townships oh, not just the no. townships don't copy me no no no. it's not a copy because i'm from the eastern townships and i'm here streaming from my cottage in the western shipbuilding towns and my name is chad michael Linus. we're here today talking about moonlighter this is a special episode of respawning fire called barf backlog accomplishment with respawn and friends where we get together once a month, we have played a game on our own, sometimes together, um, that you have requested as the audience for us to play. You do that over on x.com. That feels so gross to say, but you do it. Uh, or if you want your vote to count significantly more, you go to patreon.com slash fire, float us one delore, and you get that. And so you asked us to play Moonlighter for the month of July, and we did, and now we have thoughts. And that's why we're here, gathered here together, and holding matrimony to talk about this game. But before, before we, begin, we do, Brian has some things. Now, uh, all right, here we go. Piss Gatorade time. <laughs> no, here's the thing. I uh, I was chastised last episode that I was on. <gasps> uh oh. Because I bought a normal flavor of Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> now, I gotta kind of defend myself a little bit. I can only buy special release Mountain Dews when there's a special release. So, fortune favors us today because on August 2nd, it was National Boob Day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So okay. I picked up this special release of Mountain Dew. <laughs> oh, man. Titty Blast. I, I, I'm, I can't believe my eyes. I can't believe that they would actually... You know what? You know what's unbelievable about that? For a brief second, I was like, wait a minute, where's the French side of this thing's name? And I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I live in Quebec where everything's weird and everything has to be in English and French. <laughs> titty Blast. I love, too, that it looks like carbonated skim milk. Yeah, what's that, what's that flavor profile over there? It's like warm breast milk. Oh, warm. <laughs> no matter how much you chill it. <laughs> chode red. <laughs> Matt from RI in the, in the chat says, chode red. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, very happy for that distraction. I'm glad uh, once again that you are still out there making, not making, sorry, that you are finding real life Mountain Dew flavors to feature on our show. I'm glad that we could break them here. Tastes Next like time, somebody made it. Next time you're in Quebec, or perhaps even the Eastern Townships within Quebec, you should see if you can find a French-Canadian version of that same varietal, because apparently, according to Google Translate, in French, it's called the Explosion de Saint. <laughs> I like that. 
I also love that you, that you found one with titty spelled with D's instead of T's. Like that is, I don't know <laughs> why, why, but just scream. Yeah, yeah, titty spelled with D's is significantly funnier to me. Mountain Dew knows their demographic. There are many titties in Moonlighter, all covered up by weird clothes. Moonlighter is an action RPG indie game, roguelite, town builder, management sim uh, game from the Spanish indie studio Digital Sun. Surprise, it was their first game as well. And they only have two other games. One is in development and one is a League of Legends game. So like, this is like their thing. This is their shining star, the thing that they have built. Released basically everywhere back in May 29th, 2018. Switch version came a little bit later. iOS and Android were released in November 2020, but then they were delisted Netflix came in and said, let's re-release these under me instead. So now you have to be a Netflix subscriber to access those mobile versions. There was a DLC expansion. The game came out with pretty mixed reviews, which I was surprised to find. It was 74 on Metacritic for the PC version. and um, But it was, it was still nominated for Fan Favorite Indie Game and Fan Favorite Role Playing Game at the Gamer's Choice Awards and Most Fulfilling Community Funded Game at South by Southwest Gaming Awards. That's like all the information I could find on this game. In fact, I even had, like, the Wikipedia page didn't even feature any of the scores from Metacritic. I had to go to Metacritic to find it. So if any of you have any other background information about this game, now is your, your chance. Background, no. I do know that their follow, the studio's follow-up game, uh, Mage Seeker League of Legends Story, apparently is also very, is very popular. Um... So I just think that they're an up-and-coming indie studio, so pay yeah. attention to them. As far as this first game, yeah, there's not very much. Besides what you play, I couldn't find nothing about nothing. They're, uh, the one that's in development right now actually is all about you, Adam. It's a it's an RTS tower defense thing. That's that's also the name of it. All about you, Adam. All about yep. you, Adam. Spell yep. with a T-O-M, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we're going to go around here in a little bit and talk about our experiences with the game. Alex has told me if we don't start with him, he's going to bust. So we're going to go to Alex. <laughs> you can see it. You, if you just More look like at it. will bust. He eh? looks like eh? Horniest member of the cast right now. <laughs> All right. Ladies and gentlemen, fair audience members of the Respawning Fire community, let me tell you a story. At the beginning of June, we hosted a barf poll to determine what that month's barf game was going to be. The games were... Hyperlight Drifter, Axiom Verge, Moonlighter, and Enter the Gungeon. Now, I expected going into this poll that Hyperlight Drifter was going to run away with it because I knew from experience that people really, really, really love that game. Instead, Axiom Verge ended up taking the crown on that one, won by quite a few votes. However, in second place was Moonlighter. That surprised me because I figured, well, if Hyperlight Drifter is not going to take first place, certainly it'll take second place. Didn't even receive any votes in that poll back in the day. Whoa. So inspired by the, you know, considerable level of engagement of that particular poll for this month's barf, for the barf of July that we're now recording in August, uh, we decided to basically repeat the same list as before, but with Metal Gear Rising Revengeance filling the hole that was previously occupied by Axiom Verge. The poll comes to a close, and in the end, it's a tie between Moonlighter and Hyperlight Drifter. And Chad, you make an executive decision to go with Moonlighter. Now, Hyperlight Drifter, again, made, it's this beloved platformer. I made that platformer. decision because it came in second place the previous month. So it wasn't right. just based on nothing. Like People told us they want to play it. 
Hyperlight Drifter, it's this beloved platformer. I know a lot about it, about how it's this kind of esoteric story that's told entirely through images without any dialogue. Enter the Gungeon, I'm familiar with it. I know it's this like dungeon crawler thing and there's a lot of guns involved. And Revengeance, I've already beaten in the past and I enjoyed it quite a bit. Moonlighter, I had no context for this game. I had never even heard of it before. And like, I don't consider myself a like leading man when it comes to knowing about every video game in existence, but like I keep pretty good tabs on like the indie games that you need to know about. And I had never heard of this one. And I honestly got kind of excited. Like the fact that people are turning out in numbers to vote for this one, like was this the respawning fire community teeing me up, teeing us up collectively to discover a classic that I had no knowledge of. Um, and so I was like, well, I mean, this seems like a game that I got to bring along with me on my trip to Europe, because that poll concluded just as I was getting ready to pack to head off to ye olde London, uh, where the real townships preside. Uh, and so I went, <laughs> booted up my Switch, saw it was discounted quite considerably, like by 85%. I ended up paying five dollars plus like an additional two or three dollars for the expansion between dimensions where i would have otherwise paid like maybe like forty dollars or fifty dollars for the two of them combined and i was like great this is awesome here i am off to europe in one hand i have my <laughs> game boy advance with my copy of pokemon you know the emerald which is on my uh easy omega like flashcard thingamabob that i talked about on the previous proper episode of the show mm -hmm. and in mm -hmm. my other hand I have my Switch with Moonlighter and its DLC expansion that I got super on the cheap. And I'm like, man, this is a European dream vacation come true. So many of my greatest video game memories have come from being on these road trip vacations, being out in the wilderness in an unexplored exotic locale, at least for me personally, and just being able to immerse myself with a really pleasurable video game experience while I'm in that location. <laughs> it's got to be it, right? Chad? Yes. I hate to break it to you. Please, God, make this worth it. <laughs> but I'm afraid that you chose wrong this month. This game whew, was a capital D disappointment, and not oh, the fun no. kind of D. This game, like, I, I, I will save my overall thoughts on every single iota of this disappointing game for the kind of proper discussion that we'll get into once everyone shares their thoughts on it, but this game is a collection of pieces of so many games that we love, but not done nearly as well as any of them. It has the feel and layout and kind of general aesthetic of Zelda-like dungeons, but it's just not as good as Zelda. It has, you know, the procedural generation elements that we like of games like Hades, but just not as fresh or as interesting as Hades. And it has all the city and social building simulation aspects of games like Cult of the Lamb, to point to like a recent example, but just not as engaging as that stuff either. This game, for me, is a reminder that it's one thing to copy the greats, and it is another thing to do so really well. Wow. Brian, what you got? Similar. I loved this game until I stopped loving the game. Now I don't love the game. Whoa. Uh, right off the bat, surprised there was no uh, character char uh, character customization. That was odd. No, Will is very specific. Yeah. It's important. Um, 
originally the game felt a bit like Stardew Valley. And then as soon as I realized, because I went in blind as well, once I realized my shop could be populated with sellable items that I retrieved from the dungeon, that got me excited. That's a fantastic concept at first. Um, I quickly realized that mostly this game is about getting some money, upgrading your stuff, going back in there, getting more money, upgrading your stuff. There's not much in the way of gaming skills to, you know, in real life gaming skills to level up. So it's like, are you having a hard time? Buy better shit. Good to go. <laughs> <laughs> and so that just kind of got a little tedious after the fourth dungeon i was like i'm doing this again and i still got another i think another dungeon to go and then another dungeon which turned out to be the boss but i just it's too repetitive i think in my opinion All if right, you want to break oh sorry I'll, I'll just say this if you want to break when you're playing stardew valley because you've been dungeoning too much you know you go uh chat with people or marry somebody you know there's so much variety <laughs> you can change it up Adam, what you got? Oh, I liked it. It's like spitting on a tri-tick. <laughs> Get that thing nice and away and good to go. No, um, I kind of agree with Brian more than I do Alex. I like the game, but it does have a very, like, the, the shop stuff is really cool. I, that was my favorite part. It's like, oh, you know, figure out what the premier prices for this thing is, you know, upgrade your stuff and all that. But once you get a couple dungeons in, it is absolutely clear that, oh, the only way to, like, really clear a dungeon is to upgrade everything to the current level and then run through the done is but you're basically ended up doing the same thing so by the time i got the desert one i was like okay i've got enough out of this i loved it before that the first two dungeons like cool this is awesome build my stuff up buy this do that and then i was like oh no this is going to be the same thing for two more dungeons um so i got to that desert boss played against him was like oh yeah that's right i have to upgrade my stuff where i literally can't fight this man and then was like i i think i'm good but if the game was a little shorter maybe i don't know I, the idea is cool I really, really like the idea of build your stuff up, build a build a business, all that stuff. Uh, I just think the execution wasn't perfect on it, but I don't think it's like the worst thing ever. Like it dried me out, and now I'm in pain, like Alex was. <laughs> I was like, oh, it was fun, and I'm I'm good to never play it again. But I wasn't like it wasn't like sticking my toe in it, the sandbox. <laughs> the problem is, and Chad, I know you want to get to your own thoughts. The problem was. And, and I talked about this on the previous proper episode of Respawn Aim Fire that we did. Went into Europe with both my Switch with this game loaded up and the Pokemon game. And I forgot, oh yeah, I can't just use your average Game Boy Advance adapter on the wall sockets here because like they run on a different voltage of electricity. And so I spent most of that trip trying to find that AC adapter while all I had to game with was the Switch with this game on it. And so I was kind of trapped in a way, not like literally <laughs> trapped because I had other games I could play on the Switch if I wanted to. But like I didn't have that option to like dip into Pokemon if I wanted something different. <laughs> I think this is the first time in a very long time that we all feel very similarly on a game. Because I also <clears throat> enjoyed parts <laughs> of this game, got a little bit burnt out on it, and then there were parts of it that I was just like... Nah, this isn't doing it for me. This this game is very much like a, a few different games, kind of like Alex pointed out. There's the the roguelite part of it, which I enjoyed. I enjoyed the combat. I enjoyed exploring. I thought that was fun. Um, it did get repetitive after a while, similar to what Brian said. 
But then there's the part where like you sell your shit in your store and there's that shop management thing, like thwarting thieves that are trying to come in and steal your shit while also appealing to people who are rich and they want to come in and pay a higher price for shit. And then there's also guessing what's the right price to sell this at. Like that for me very much became an obstacle to me playing the game I wanted to play. Especially once the goods that you get like at the start of the second dungeon start like becoming more valuable. And when you're used to like selling shit for like 20 to 30 gold and then suddenly this one's worth like 1900 it's like there i'm gonna take a loss on a lot of things before i realize that gap is there bro um, how much money do these townspeople have i know right <laughs> where are they getting this and there's there's no consistency it's like oh this little like book about flowers yeah. is the same price as this precious gemstone that no one's ever seen that comes from the heart of a golem i was like what <laughs> and um so so i actually cheated like <gasps> all, maybe my second dungeon run, I got, I'm like, I'm not going to guess prices anymore. And I looked up a price spreadsheet. It's like, these are all the perfect prices for every single item. You in the game. Like, wouldn't. Let me just, let me just start. You hedonist slob. Oh, Chad, I, I did. did that from the beginning. You gnarled, <laughs> mangled shadow of a man. I How did, could I, you? I wanted to enjoy this game. And at the time I really was still enjoying the roguelite version of it. And I was starting to dip my toes into the like town building part of it. Um, but the problem was when I made that part too easy, then the rest of it wasn't as rewarding and I didn't care about it anymore. And the township stuff was like mostly optional. And so I stopped building shit there and then it just became a subpar roguelite. Like I was, I was going through and cheating at a bunch of other stuff so I could get back to a roguelite that just wasn't as good as a lot of other roguelites for me. I did. I, I ended up playing all the way through the end of the desert dungeon. And I was like, oh, I've got two more of these to go. Let me watch a YouTube let's play. And I watched it and realized it was really only one dungeon and a boss. And I was like, oh, damn, well, I should have played that, but it's too late now. So, yeah, I, I, uh, I also got a little disillusioned with this game and kind of enjoyed it a lot at first. In order to say something really positive about this game, the pixel art animation in oh, this yeah. game is incredible. Like, the way that the character's hair, like, the movement of your, your whole sprite, the, the waving of the leaves and the wind, like, all of that looks incredible. Um, I love that. It, it really it, does. When you open up your shop after you've hired the, the assistant girl, and every time mm -hmm. you open your shop, she does up her hair in like a bun thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Little yeah. detail. Um, <laughs> yeah, as soon as she got there, I said, I don't want you to do my shop. And then uh, I quit the game after that. <laughs> she just stopped thieves for me. I'm like, tackle that man. Don't let him out of the store. I'm not going to give her 30% of what I make. Absolutely not. I'm already There's... cheating to get 100% really quickly. <laughs> There's so much stuff that I want to talk about with regards to me not liking this it. game. I Dive will say, into it, Alex. I will say, to jump on uh, you kind of really liking the pixel art, I agree. And I think that the bosses, well, not the most interesting bosses to fight in the world, are great showcases for the pixel art animations, 100%. I will say, I also kind of liked the inventory system in the game. Now, oh, I hated it. Okay, see, this is one of those things where, like, as I was like making my way through the inventory system, I'm like, I can see how some people might really hate this, but I kind of liked the kind of mini game of like, you have to figure out how to organize your inventory system so that you can bring the most stuff home and different 
things have like certain curse effects. So like if another item is located diagonally to another item, it will like delete that item once you get out of the dungeon. And then other items will be immediately teleported back to your safe house at the dungeon and stuff like that. And I also like the whole thing of like all the items that you put at the topmost row of your inventory are automatically saved whenever you die. So you don't need to worry about losing particularly precious items if you're trying to make those through the dungeon above all else. I I can see how it was maybe a little bit of busy work for you. I I thought I actually liked that. Look, yeah, I liked the the concept of the curses. That was really interesting to me. And be like, oh, I have I have this really valuable item that has a curse on it that says anything to the corner becomes that when you go back to town. I was like, oh, let me find a stack of ten pieces of shit. I'm gonna put that there, and then I'm gonna have eleven really great things. Like that was interesting to me, but it was the size of the inventory that really bugged the shit out. It was like almost every single level of a dungeon I was warping back to town. And that, that honestly, that inventory management is what like, I never finished Resident Evil the first one because I was constantly backtracking and, and that tiny inventory. I never finished the second Resident Evil until the remake whenever they mm. allowed you to have pouches to expand your inventory. So like, it's just that inventory yeah. management is just not, it, not for it, me. It, the Eventually, game definitely, sorry, go ahead. Eventually you get to a dungeon, maybe you did, I don't know where when you fall down into the pit, there's a chest there. You can dump all your shit in that chest and it sends it home for you. Mm. But you can't predict where that chest is going to appear. Like, you know, you, no, get the I've never seen yeah. you get the little sparkles in the chasm to tell you which chasms you can jump into. I saw the chest. I didn't know it sent stuff back to town. I had no idea. I thought it was just yeah. an empty chest. Yeah, mm. that's uh, that's something the game tells you in secret. <laughs> like yeah. in those little things you find. I definitely appreciated those, but I, I don't disagree with you, Chad, that the inventory system definitely could have benefited from allowing you to upgrade the amount of spots. And it could have been like a very piecemeal thing of like, you have to give a lot of gold if you want one extra spot, but at least having that option there. Inventory um, management was pretty good uh, in concept, but I did find it bogged the pacing down a lot. I just want to bust through a dungeon, kill a bunch of monsters, and I gotta stop, organize my shit, figure out where to put these cursed items. Uh, I have, was so grateful to the g game devs when I realized I can sort my inventory by price, even if you don't know what the prices of things are. What? I didn't know that either. <laughs> that was majorly helpful to me. as And I didn't use cheat guides when I sell at my shop, so I would just sort everything <laughs> by price and then kind of gauge this is higher than that, that's lower than that. And then I also learned in your notebook, when you go to the items section, there's like price guidelines in there. And you can see this is between 2000 and 4000. You don't know what it is, but you can see it's uh, kind of yeah, between I didn't understand them. that's what that was either. Mm. The last thing that bugged me about, and this is maybe my own incompetence, but the, the inventory, I constantly kept hitting the wrong bumper button and transferring all the items over to the yeah, other inventory. That definitely happened a few times. Again, it's not perfect, but like it's definitely, in my opinion, one of the more successful ideas to come out of this game. And, and an idea yeah. that I feel like we've not really seen in a lot of other games of this nature. Yeah. Speaking of just of the wrong button, did you all ever get like one of those unidentified stack of four things and then you accidentally split that stack and then you can never restack them again? You're like, fuck, now this takes up two slots. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that definitely has happened. Oof, rough. Uh, taking a little bit more of a turn for the stuff that we didn't quite enjoy in this game. The moment in Moonlighter where I first realized, ooh, I don't think I'm going to love this game was 
stepping into the dungeon for the very first time, which happens within the first few seconds of the game, swinging your sword to attack an enemy and realizing, hmm, this combat doesn't feel very precise. I don't know if it was different about you guys. I actually, that's a good question. I played it on Switch. Where did you guys play it? Switch. PS5. Or no, PS4 I played version on PS5. Yeah, I played it on PS4. I forgot. Oh, it would have been a good game on Switch, but... I, I get the sense, though, that combat kind of felt the same across all, all console, consoles. Bro, though, gotta right? get that big sword. Don't get that sword and shield. That shit's weak. Get the big boy sword that's massive. See, that's I experimented with the big slow. sword. Too that's slow. the problem. It's it uh, like, it definitely, I remember being a little bit more precise with that sword, but like uh, the, the recoil from using that sword is just like so great. We, we've all played games before, like the Soulsborne games where like you get a big heavy sword and it really takes a whole lot of time to execute an attack with it but i feel like the uh, just the kind of like reward for sticking with it is like that much greater here like combat just did not feel satisfying with any particular weapon that i stuck with so i just by the end of the game i just exclusively focused on the sword and the shield and the bow and arrow because these are like relatively mm, quick weapons that even if i'm missing like seven uh 25% of the time, like we're still going fast enough that the amount of damage per second I'm inflicting is still like pretty decent, all things considered. I was always was... gloves, like the entire oh, game. Really? Gloves. Hands, huh? the, yeah, because the, the damage on them was like, it was it was pretty high damage, especially compared to like, like it, the big sword was not anywhere near powerful enough to justify using it as slow it was for me. So yeah, right. I was punching shit super fast. DPS was really high. I would always yeah. upgrade it too with the little crystals and shit like that. And it was, yeah, use that huh, the entire yeah. game. I, in the second dungeon, I did a spear a little bit, but then I was just like, it's not even worth it to keep spending money on this. So yeah, gloves exclusively. It would have benefited this game a lot if they'd polished the combat because that is the game, is the combat. And um, sometimes the hitboxes were a little unclear. Especially, yeah. did you... There was the blobby fist that tries to stretch out and smash you. I missed mm -hmm. that thing so many times. And then there were kind of like once you go to swing your sword, you're locked in that animation until you get done. Then you get to turn around or whatever. So there are so many times where I'd swing at an enemy and I'm facing the wrong direction and think, fucking hell. Mm -hmm. mm. Uh, shifting over to the other aspect of the game, the store, you know, when I was playing Moonlighter for the first time, I had initially a much stronger impression of the store. I was like, this is kind of fun. I kind of enjoy the process of like figuring out what everything should be priced at. Um, over time, though, it is one of those things where like I feel like it just very kind of quickly came repetitive. And while it did introduce more elements over time to kind of break the monotony somewhat, you had birds that would fly into the store and you had to deal with the birds. You had some customers that you needed to attend to. You had thieves that would come in and try to steal items. Like eventually- I never saw a bird in my store. Is that a real thing? It, it's a very, <laughs> late, a it's a very late game thing. In fact, it oh. might, you're right, Adam, that it might actually be a DLC thing. Um, but yeah, eventually no, it just, it, it gets to a point where it's like, uh, this is just very repetitive. And in my case, uh, I didn't use a guide, like a man, Chad, <laughs> Michael Ennis. Let's not gender this. I'm just a coward. <laughs> Whenever I would like put new items up for sale, I would just be like, all right, I'll just put this at like a thousand. I'll put this at like 10,000. They'll get angry because it's too high. And then I'll just lower, 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 lower until we get to a price we're comfortable with. And it was just kind of rinse and repeat. And I, I didn't feel like I was really able to fully grasp and take advantage of the whole mechanic of like 
items like over flooding the market or like being yeah, overvalued was, or undervalued it was just a, it really, was an interesting idea but too esoteric i didn't quite understand it i didn't understand i constantly whenever i was not cheating constantly i would get to the end of the day and it would show me my list of things it was like these 12 items are now super like they're oversat like the markets there no one wants to buy them for that price and i was like i don't know what the fuck i'm doing to make them that way i don't understand right. so that's why i started cheating i was like let me just figure out the right the, price. The other issue that the devs should have polished up with the shop is upgrades because they are uh, they're not spread out through the game properly. Because by the time you reach, you can finally unlock the banker. By the time you do that and you can risk Hold your on. money over us. I'm sorry. I don't like interrupting you in the middle of a sentence. I have to ask. Oh, you good. Did you figure out what the fuck the banker does? Because I kept coming back to this fucking piece of shit every few days. And he'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm currently preoccupied. Come back to me in three days. I never, ever figured out what the hell he does. I found I it money out off from the Let's Play. Uh, the yeah, Let's no, Play, I, I finally to... found somebody who did it. What, what, what does he do? It. What does he do? You give him money and then you have a week on one to specific claim day. It. You have to give He's him money a... on one specific day. He's a yeah. stock market. Yeah. So okay. uh, you, when you give it to him on the day, you have it this span of days until, and, and you got to monitor it because it'll go up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. And you don't want to risk getting a down on the last day and losing out on money. So you might want to come and collect your earnings when it's on the high point. Okay. I mean, that's... I mean, that's interesting. I'm, I mean, I'm a little bit regretful that I didn't get to experience that. Understand that, like, there were enough other issues with the game that, like, at the yeah. end of the day, that was the least of my issues. But, like, feel like the game could have done a better job of being like, hey, guys available, go talk to him right now. Stat, pronto. Do yeah. not pass part go. Do not I collect 200. Part of why I also didn't quite understand that is because I never, I didn't really understand how long a day was in this thing. Because sometimes I feel like I would wake up and be like, it's January yeah. 5th. And then I'd run my store and go to bed and wake up and it's January 12th. And I'm like, that's a nitpick I What the fuck have? was, how is the time work in this place? Yeah, that's a nitpick I have because every time you go to bed or every time you exit the dungeon, a day passes whether you want it to or not. I mean, a night to day transition. And that greatly impacts when people are get, asking you to go get specific items for them, like, yeah. I need XYZ. Will you go to the dungeon and get it for me? And you can sell it for the big bucks. You got to watch the calendar pretty close because day transitions tonight happen quickly. Here's my biggest complaint. None of that mattered. Mm -hmm. Like, you and didn't that's have what to I'm do saying. the banker yeah. to succeed. You didn't have to do those. Like I said, no to almost every single one of those requests. You didn't have that's to do what I'm any saying. of that shit. The, the requests in the banker, they come too late in the game. I was already making fucking millions by that time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, crazy. I love the store. Store stuff is great. <laughs> Bro, I tell you, when you make it, this is early on, like second or third dungeon, when you have a day when you pull down like $400,000, you're like, oh, boy, like <laughs> everything's already upgraded. I'm good to go. Basically, I was like, all right, I make as much money as I possibly can, upgrade everything max. And then I would just go and have a run and complete it. And what I would do before that is uh, you have enough money, to, you have enough gold to go into the dungeon, get to the last level of the dungeon, use a teleporter that lets you come back to the same spot. 
mm-hmm. and just do that and then because everything at that last part is worth more money and stack up and then go beat the boss in one try dude it's easy you know that the is, fun thing i don't know whether this was a bug or whether it's in every version but when you use that teleporter it also reveals the entire dungeon there. shows everything on yeah, the map mm-hmm. okay that's weird add into it let yeah. me pitch you on something. This came to me many hours into the game after another session of attending the shop that didn't leave me particularly satisfied. Would you like this game even better, or rather, well, specifically the shop segments of the game, even better if you couldn't pause the game? Because running around the shop, it occurred to me, you know what? I, I think what makes these shop segments feel kind of dull is that at any point, you can pause the game, sort through your inventory, figure out what is and isn't working, run over to the spots that you need to fix, places that you need to check the price and adjust the price, pause the game, adjust everything. I feel like this game, or at least the shop segments of the game, could have been that much more exciting, that much more challenging in a kind of fun and engaging way if they'd been more akin to Overcooked or Diner Dash, where you are on the clock to satisfy the customers that are coming into your venue. That could be an interesting take on it. Give a little more chaos to it. Because it very much is, once you know the prices, it's just like, hey, let me get all my stuff out here, rotate yeah. through my inventory as quickly as possible, and then catch and the And then thief. you just fucking sit there and like, please, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. No, you just walk by. Please, please, Somebody please, please. pick up that item so I can move on. <laughs> but I like that, that overcooked idea of some chaos thrown in there. That'd be, that that'd be fun. That point in the game is when you start to appreciate the assistant because you're like oh man i already have everything priced out i don't want to load up all this stuff i just want to go fight more dungeons so you're just like here sell all, my shit when did you all get the assistant because she didn't show up for me until after i beat the third dungeon mm-hmm. no i think it's when you have the third upgrade for the shop is when she oh, shows which i up. didn't do until which i did I, early because i, I had so literally much money. was like I'm gonna I'm gonna quit this game right now. I might as well max out my shop to get the trophy, <laughs> and then she mm-hmm. popped yeah, up, but, and then I quit the game. <laughs> yeah, but you can't upgrade the shop till you get through the dungeons. It won't let you. No. So mm-hmm. it's, it's she's when you're somewhere on later the in the third game. dungeon. I think and, is when you can get her. So okay. yeah, I just I just bundle up a bunch of set. And she also is kind of she's kind of useful if you're trying to go do fetch quests and stuff. You're just like sell all my shit. I'm out. I'm going to go search for more of this stuff. I didn't really I never take... bought the little sale box. That was worthless. Yeah, I don't want that. I'm not giving you guys no. a cut no. on it. So I guess, because I, I know, Cozy, I know you got here because I know what happened to your end of the game. And Brian, you mentioned as well. How was the the ending of the story? How did all that wrap up for you guys? How'd you feel about it? Go ahead. Uh, You know, it's funny. Like... the ending of the game didn't redeem the rest of the game for me, but I actually thought the ending of the game was kind of like, I got to the end of it and I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. I like the idea that these dungeons that you've been exploring are different dimensions because it kind of, it squares the kind of issue that you've been having throughout this entire game of like why am i able to access these different areas with like vastly different technology that seem completely at odds with the technology that you have at home in the village that contains moonlighter like where are these places throughout time and space and i like the idea that oh these are all just from completely different worlds and i also really like the final reveal of all of this was made possible by these like gooey slime pirates um, this is like that, a PBS yeah. advertisement. Yeah. This <laughs> show is made possible by slime mutants. <laughs> well, what I liked about it was, you know, you're exploring all the different dungeons. All the dungeons have unique enemies to them that don't cross over with the other dungeons 
except for the slimes. The slimes are the only enemies that cross, cross over across all the dungeons, and I like the reveal at the end of, it's because all these dungeons were conjoined together by these slime pirates, and I thought it was very fitting that the final boss that you fight is just a giant mega slime. I got to that, and I was like, oh, this is a, a fitting end for this game that actually ties together a lot of things I didn't necessarily think needed to get tied together, but I thought actually came together really well. I did like the little rooms that were like a rift in time and space and you get to preview the next dungeon. That was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, right. My issue with uh, the boss is just my issue with the combat. You you just buy better shit and you're better at fighting. There's no real way to upgrade your skills in real life by learning his moves or whatever. So when I got to the last boss, I'm maxed out already from the previous dungeon. There's mm. no more shit for me to buy. And that's, I couldn't, I actually struggled and struggled to beat him. And then that's when I realized I can hotkey my health potions to the bumper because you can't access your inventory at the boss. And so I mine was just were, like... Mine were by default right trigger. Yeah, they were just there the whole yeah, time. You're not... I didn't know that until then. Oh. So I was like, oh, I'm low on health. <laughs> drink, drink, drink. And I just I just drank enough health potions till I killed him. Yeah. Hmm. Kind of lame. But... Did, so... I so I only saw the boss. I only saw like the end of the story play out via a let's play. The person like kind of clicked through a lot of things. My my interpretation of it is these space pirates are like looting other places, and they set up this whole little area to do this, and then they got locked. They got trapped in one, and then we just stumbled upon them. Like, oh look at all this cool shit! And then the bosses and the enemies in here are like, no, stop stealing our shit! Like that, <laughs> they're defending against us looting their houses, right? Like that's the that's the thing. Yeah, basically. Okay. It yeah, was interesting. It, it, if I had a critique of it, it's that it's a lot of information all at once. Like when I got to the end of the game, I was like, oh man, it feels like they maybe could have foreshadowed all this like multi-dimensional stuff a little bit better. But I was I was still fairly satisfied with the note that it left on. Yeah. So I beat the boss, uh, hopped into New Game Plus with the DLC content, realized it's more of the exact same thing I've been doing over and over yeah. and over, and that's when I quit. So in the like new DLC content uh, between dimensions, you gain access to a new dungeon that's like literally between dimensions, hence the name. And this new dungeon actually has something interesting going on where basically you have a new resource that's like, it's called like hyper slime or something. It's like a special slime that you got to collect uh, from all them Nickelodeon kids ro roving through the dungeon. <laughs> um, and basically the idea is that there's a merchant every few four floors and you can use the hyper slime to either buy new weapons and potions from him in the middle of the dungeon or you can save the hyper slime and every two floors you can use the hyper slime to create a permanent checkpoint that you can come back to and the idea is that this dungeon is 10 floors tall so having a permanent checkpoint like that is actually really really clutch Problem is, uh, same thing with Ryan. I just got to a point where I was like, man, this is ultimately too much of the same. The thing that really killed me is to get through the dungeon, you have to basically upgrade this new armor and weapon set that is given to you post game. That's like all like dimensional and super futuristic and whatnot. Now in the main game, you need to use resources that you collect from the dungeons to craft new armor sets and weapons. However, you can actually top up some of the resources that you need to do that by visiting one of the other merchants in town. If you're like, oh man, I need three pieces of fabric uh, to upgrade this weapon, but I only have two, you can go to the 
other merchant, you can get one of the pieces of fabric from him. It'll be more expensive than going into the dungeon to find it, but it's like a quick and convenient way to do that. In the Between Dimensions DLC, you also need new items from this like new dungeon that you're exploring, but the merchant in town doesn't stock any of these new items or in the new dungeon, which means that you have to keep exploring the new dungeon to get resources to upgrade your items so that you can keep exploring the new dungeon. And I just got to a point where I'm like, I'm just going through rooms trying to find the one enemy that drops this one carbon fiber tubing or whatever the fuck it is that I need to upgrade my boots and I can't find it. And then I died. And then the game soft locked when I died. So I couldn't respawn back at town. I was like, all right, I guess that's it. <laughs> I saw your soft lock tweet. Yeah. That <laughs> made me laugh. <laughs> well, that's Moonlighter. I'm, I'll let you all know, the only reason why this ever even got on the Barf list is because when it first came out five years ago, I heard Greg Miller raving about it on Xbox. I don't know if you ever really? finished it, and maybe that's why I never heard anything about it, anything bad about I'm it. I'm going to go... he loved it when he started playing it. And listen to this episode, because I, I respect that guy's opinion a lot, but... I would have raved I the same way so about much. it in the first five hours. So I don't know. Greg, um, Greg Miller's only ever liked one thing and he stole it from me. <laughs> we'll get into that off the podcast. Yeah. That's pretty wild. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is a tweet from, wow. This is from September 21st, 2022. Please play Moonlighter in all caps. Uh, because Moonlighter was oh. three ninety nine on steam at that point in time. That's from Greg Miller. Yeah. He, so, yeah, four years later, he was still all about it. All right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can... Bad tasting games, I guess. I mean, I can... <laughs> that seems like... We know that the guy really loves Diablo, which I feel mm -hmm. like is kind mm -hmm. of a similar vibe of, like, you don't need to worry too much about the story. You can kind of just shut half your brain off and listen to a podcast or, you know, talk what you're significant under or wash the dishes or turn off the game, walk outside wash and do anything else while you play the game. <laughs> so I guess I kind of get it. All right. Well, anything left to say about Moonlighter? Not enough titties. You're right. Not enough titties more. in this game. Always Multiple more. Multiple D's in that in that titty. Yeah. Um, for next month slash this month, August twenty twenty three, we are playing. Drum roll on the desk. We are playing Venba. Venba is the game we are playing. You all voted over on X.com for Venba. That influenced a quarter of the vote over on Patreon and broke a three way tie. So we are now playing Venba. Um, I don't know. What is that game? That's the cooking game? Yeah. It's a cooking game. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Set, narrative cooking game. Set in okay. Canada, by the way. Canada represent. Oh. And it's on everything. I know Game Pass, but it's also just on every platform, period. Real All quick. Right. Real quick, before we close out the episode. Apparently, the episode of the Kind of Funny Games cast that Greg Miller talked about Moonlighter on was... We love Blundstained and the Outer Wilds on the Kind of Funny Games cast episode 227. He talks about it at the 48 hour and 55 <laughs> second mark. So go tune in there if you want to hear him just rattle off a bunch of fucking lies. <laughs> Those are three games I don't like. Rattle All three games just mentioned. Fucking lies. <laughs> Brian, thanks for joining us again this month. Where, where do people find your Mountain Dew escapades and other things? We have tons of Mountain Dew. Every special release at timetodierpg.com. Oh, nice, 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 nice. Alex, 
Where can folks find your opinions about Greg Miller? You can go over opinions. to x.com, a.k.a. twitter.com, and you can find me at Alex Kazina, A-L-E-X-K-O-Z-I-N-A. I'm saying X right now as like a jokey joke, but I don't want it to become the norm. So let's, I'm going to go back to Twitter. <laughs> if we say X, Elon Musk wins, and I don't, I don't want that. So I'm going to continue saying Twitter. Adam, Island Misfit Rolls season three coming out yet soon? What's going on there? Uh, should be so- well, season two should be soon. I don't know. We thought season we'll two just out. wrapped. Yeah, you're right. Excuse me. Season two, series two is starting soon. A lot of S's and numbers in there. Okay, you got okay. me. You're okay. correct. Okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Um, everyone, no one showed up at Safeway. Come find me at Safeway in San Jose. <laughs> Guess the time of day and the day of the week, but no one was there. Uh, that's it for our barf episode. If you're watching on Twitch, we'll be right back with our regular episode. We'll see you soon, everyone. Smooches! Horny.